Coming up this week, California Adventure is all set for the Festival of Holidays. Knott's Prairie Farm announces a new ride. Renovations are planned at the Grand Californian, and Bag Check is moving. Plus later, Mary Jo explores the science behind Pixar. All that next. From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Disney Park Disneyland Edition, episode 625, for the week of November 6th, 2016. 26s. The Disney Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan that perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by my good friends, Nancy Johnson. Hey! Mary Jo Malata Willie. Hello. And Michael Bowling. Hey there, hi there, ho there. And Tony is on a plane. Uh, hello, <laughs> everyone. I'm just sitting here eating Halloween candy. How about you? Sounds no, yummy. It's downstairs. <laughs> I, the kids have got the kids have caught on to the fact that we were stealing it. <laughs> we have. We Did you had... record the reactions? Nice. <laughs> It's just one of those things. So, what was the best new candy that you uh, that you hadn't seen before that they got in their thing? We didn't go trick or treating. No. <laughs> we gave out candy, and and we had like hardly any people come into our door this year, so it was really weird. Lily was the- ecstatic for butter for Butterfinger peanut butter cups. Okay, mm. cool. We for had sure. about the same amount I would have expected on a school night. Um, yeah. we, but, uh, so it was a lot and, um, and it didn't start raining until it started drizzling at seven thirty, mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, that'll be the end of it. But no, it wasn't. So a little after eight, I started to pull things in, but, but yeah, so we, we probably got about 60 children or so. So trick or treaters. So, um, so it was for a school night, that's pretty yeah. respectable. Yeah. Um, hello to our friends listening live on Mixer. Hope you had a wonderful Halloween. Um, if you want to listen and chat live every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, um, head over to Mixer.com, M-I-X-L-R.com, and check it out. And of course, be sure to check out the rest of the Dreams, uh, the rest of the Diz Unplugged family podcast, the Dreams Unlimited Travel Show every Monday, Orlando Show on Tuesday live at 10 a.m. Pacific. The Universal Show on Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, and Diz Pop every Friday. She actually has been pretty regular now. And then, of course, every Monday through Friday um, at 9 a.m. Pacific is The Daily Fix, your quick look at the day's Disney news. All right, housekeeping. Who wants to go first? Anybody? Anyone? Anyone? That was... Go ahead, Michael. Uh, you, were, you, were, you were, like, in the car all weekend, right? I know it seems like it. So, but um, just want to let folks know that if you're into gardening or like uh, Disneyland's, just you know the the flowers and everything at Disneyland, and you want to know a little more about them, I'm um, Garden Design Magazine. Check out their summer 2016 issue. They have a wonderful article um, entitled "Making of a Marvel: How Disneyland Became One of America's Most Amazing Landscapes and How to Learn from Their 60 Years of Horticultural." 
know-how. And I'm uh, gardening is my hobby, so I'm always on the lookout for um, books like this. You know, I have I have Bill Evans' old book from you know like the 1950s Ooh, that, that he wrote too. on Disneyland. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look how much it is on eBay. Hang on to I that know, thing. Right. Um, anyway, so but what it does is it, it you know it gives a nice little history of you know of the background of you know, the horticulture and, you know, Walt's philosophy and the Evans brothers philosophy and all that. But then what's really cool, there's some gorgeous photos, but then what's really cool is it goes through land by land and talks about how the flowers tell the story. And also if you're into backyard gardening and, you know, we, once in a while, you know, we talk about, you know, how to bring Disney into your everyday life. They even go through what are some of the common flowers that they plant in each land and the colors and all that and they do the same to a lesser degree for disney california adventure so uh, i you can we will have a link in our show notes where you can um order the mag- magazine like i said it's garden design it is uh the summer 2016 issue i think it was like 12 dollars and 50 cents or something and the, and shipping was really reasonable and i got it in just a few days so they're very um they're they're very prompt. So check it out. And it, it's really, really well done. And also just a reminder to our Northern California folks, I'm still taking names for people who are interested in getting together for um, doing Escape Folsom when it opens up in um, the spring here in, in um, the town of Folsom in the Sacramento Valley. Um, we might take it into, a, you know, make it into a Give Kids the World kind of um you know, fundraiser since it's, uh, you know, one it's, it has five escape rooms or it will. And there's also going to be a bar and restaurant. So I'm sure somehow we can put all of that together into <laughs> one big old Diz experience. So I've gotten quite a few names. And so just keep sending them to me if you're interested uh, at Michael at WDWinfo.com. And as we get a little closer to opening, um, we'll, we'll put our, all put our heads together and figure out something. So anyway, that's it for me. And how was Concord? Oh, <coughs> that was interesting. Okay. Yes, MouseCon. MouseCon came and went. And uh, it, it was an interesting experience. And uh, first of all, okay, we just, let's just get the ugly out of the way. <laughs> and, and, and that was the venue. Uh, the venue, as you know, we, we were talking about it on the show. It, uh, it about a month ago, they suddenly announced it had moved. And so we got the inside scoop done because a lot of people were unhappy with the venue. And I don't, I don't want people to feel, be turned off because of it. It was not an ideal venue. Apparently what happened was, is that, you know, I mean, this thing was planned like a year in advance and, uh, there were contracts signed. There were tons of emails going back and forth for apparently like six months. And, and, and we got this scoop from the, uh, the person that coordinates this whole thing. And, and he does many, many, many events. He basically does one a month. So it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing. And so he anyway, so one of the vendors went to book a room at the hotel and they said and he he said this is it's for this event. And they said, oh, no, that's the following week. And he said, "Um, no. And they and the hotel said. Anyway, so he immediately contacted the hotel and they said, no, it's the following week. He says. I have the contract. I have all these emails. It has always been this date. And he, um, and they said, well, sorry, you're going to have to move it. 
And he just sort of said, thank you very much. And um, he basically, he just, he, he they were very fortunate. To, he needed to find a hotel in the area because so many people had booked rooms. Right. So this hotel worked with him. They already had an event going on. Um, so this wasn't ideal. Um, the, it was very spread out. The, the, the events, the venues where they had the uh, talks were, one was open air. So you could hear all the noise that oh. was going on on one of the two vendor floors. One of the vendor rooms was um, in, was in a, a separate room that was sort of on the other side of the hotel. And then there was a really small room that was, that held 50 people. And that was enclosed as sort of an amphitheater style room, almost like a classroom at a university. So uh, anyway, so, so some of the talks that I, so anyway, so it wasn't great. It wasn't ideal. It, he was planning on moving it next year. He already has the venue. It's going to be in South San Francisco at a venue twice as large. So we, we all have that to look forward to. I have means a significantly longer drive for me, but anyway, so that's the story on the venue. Um, anyway, uh, the, the people I heard talk, um, Josh Schaefer, he was there last year. He wrote a book a while back, the secrets of Disneyland. Uh, it was, um, discovering the magic kingdom. It's supposed to be a bunch of fun facts. Okay. I'm going to be a little critical here. Because only because he now has his own podcast. And so I feel, you know, you should know how to do a presentation. It, it had the feel as if he sort of walked into the place and somebody shoved a mic in his hand and say, here, I need you to talk for an hour about Disneyland. Um, I mean, it felt it had all the preparation of that. Um, which meant it felt like he had absolutely, he had prepared nothing for this talk. And um, I could have done a better job. Uh, I mean, just I could have answered the questions better. So he's a nice guy. The book is interesting. Um, but um, that unfortunately set things off on the wrong foot. Um, Johnny Whitaker, you know him, of course, from Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, don't you, Mary Jo? Well, yes. <laughs> well, he was in other things as well, like um, Family Affair and, and four Disney films, and then the musical Tom Sawyer, which was also written by the Sherman Brothers. And, um, well, he started out by talking all about um, legalization of drugs. And, and, and anyway, and he's been in long-term recovery for about 19 years. And so he sort of talked about uh, the story of how he got there and back again. And, and it, it wasn't because he was a child actor. It was just sort of things in his adult life, personal relationships all sort of collapsed and, and sent him into a spiral. But he, he talked about how he got into Disney. I mean, it was sort of interesting. Um, he, in the sense that he, he never met Walt because Walt um, passed away in 1966 and he had just started filming um, Family Affair then. You know, he started out in commercials. If you ever saw the film Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming, he was in that. And Brian Keith was also in it and asked him to audition for his new TV show. And so he came in for a screen test and um, they really, uh, and, you know, they really liked him and Anissa Jones together. They sort of rewrote the whole cast um, in order to, um, you know, have Johnny Whitaker in it. And anyway, he, um, 
Anyway, he oh, a funny thing about Tom Sawyer. He had just finished four Walt Disney films and Family Affair had just ended. So he wanted to go to Boy Scout camp. And his parents told him, even though he had earned like $80,000 for all his films, he um, his parents said he had to earn his own money for camp. So he went oh door to door. So he went door to door selling something, some Boy Scout thing Pop for up. and he earned yeah, maybe <laughs> for three hundred dollars. And then his agent had put in his name for Tom Sawyer. And so he showed up for the screen test and Jody Foster and Jeff East were there and they were all selected. And but he was twelve by this time, which meant he could legally say whether he wanted to do a film or not and so he turned it down because the date of filming was also the first date of boy scout camp and so they compromised because it, he was going to earn fifty thousand dollars for this film and so his parents you know were not they realized oh my gosh this little plan has backfired on us about having him earn his own money um for the for camp so as a compromise they let him go to Boy Scout camp for three days, and then a helicopter arrived at the camp and picked him up and flew him off to Missouri to start work on the film. So anyway, so that was interesting. Um, anyway, his and Tom Sawyer was his very favorite film, and he uh, he talked about working on Napoleon and Samantha with um, Jodie Foster, and he said that Jodie Foster on her abdomen has two. Um, puncture wounds because they worked with two lions a younger lion who's 10 years old named simba and an older lion major who's 20 year old lion that actually the film was based on that lion um it was the writer's lion of the book and so they there was a scene where they were walking along a high ridge with a chicken and then simba the younger lion and um and jody and and john johnny and jody started to slip and fall down the ridge and Simba instinctively grabbed her with his paw and held her in his mouth to save her from falling down. But he, he, he held a little too tight. And so she, uh, and, and he punctured her. And wow. so, um, yeah. And so, um, so they, now they you know, put him down. Yeah. So, but he was trying to save her. It wasn't like a vicious thing or anything like that. So that was, so that I was know. interesting. So, um, anyway, and so, and he taught on Snowball Express, he talked about, uh, he did not like the director, Norman Tokar, who, who's very well known for directing a lot of things. Um, he just didn't like the way he directed and all that. But, um, Jodie Foster said he had, uh, taken, uh, as for his PE elective, he always elected to take skiing as his PE, um, when he was on set for that. And mainly because the ski instructor was a very well endowed young woman. <laughs> and so, um, so he got really good at skiing. Well, there's a scene towards the end of the film where his, he, he skis down back and forth down the, um, slope and then, um, stops and, and right there, right on the dime and all that. He was very proud of that. But Norman Takar, he had a son who was, significantly taller than um john johnny whitaker was skinnier and had black hair and because of a woman that norman takar was let's just say seeing on the set is somehow having his son in it i don't know somehow had something to do with all that so he had his son be the stunt double for johnny whitaker and he had him 
do the long shots for skiing. And that really ticked off Jody, Johnny Whitaker. So he got his revenge because then the next day where they were filming elsewhere and, and Johnny Whitaker wasn't in that scene, he went to the top of the ski slope, did this amazing trek all the way down the, um, the um slope and then did you know that stop what is it called the rooster spray or something where the snow all comes up in the fan and he did oh, it yeah, right yeah, yeah. he did it right in norman tokar's face Ooh! and then he just stuck his tongue out at him and went off <laughs> <laughs> so now, anyway and then and then karen dotris was there and she, she was uh, and she she was of course um she was in thomasina and then she was Jane Banks in Mary Poppins. And then she was in the No Mobile. Oh, she was worth the price of the $10 admission. I mean, she was a hoot. Um, she's currently producing a TV show called Street Dogs about animal rescuers in Los Angeles, where they try to find the strays before, um, before like the SPCA does and all that. And it's not um, on the air yet. It's filming right now. And anyway, um, her father is still acting. He's 93 years old. Ray Dutris, he was just in Game of Thrones. <laughs> nice. I, mean, I know. Isn't that amazing? That is. So anyway, um, her first job was a four-year-old on stage with her dad um, and her godfather, Charles Lawton. I mean, can you imagine? And and it was when um she it was when um she was on the Royal Um Shakespeare Um Garden stage. And um she also knew, of course, Charles Lawton's wife, Elsa Lanchester. She said that he was mad as a March hare. Um, but she needed a job, so Karen's mother suggested to Walt that she play Katie Nana in Mary Poppins. Remember, she's the nanny in the beginning that quits? Yes. Yeah. And all that. Yeah, that's Elsa Lanchester. And um, she said that they would go to Charles Lawton's house and he would um he would he loved kids and he would do little uh treasure hunts. But she said he had this big booming voice that when they he tried to lead him on treasure hunts that the kids were all so frightened of him because of his voice. She said there were there were little puddles of pee all throughout the house. <laughs> so <laughs> Anyway, and um, and then she got discovered because um, Morton Spector, who was in the audience of a play she was in when he was casting The Three Lives of Thomasina. And um, and so she was around six. And then Matthew Garber was also cast in that as well. And that led to Mary Poppins. And that was her first trip to the United States. She said in those days, it took over two days to fly from London to um los angeles because it was propeller planes and all the stops that they had to do to refuel and all of that she said her first day in wardrobe at mary poppins she and matthew showed up and she said they took a plaster cast of our well let's just say rear end she did not use that word um and and they never explained it they just said bend over and so um and that was for the banister scene and the party scene um, because those, they sat, she said, basically I sat in my rear end and, um, but she didn't use that word and, um, for going up and down and for, um, floating around, you know, in the air in the tea party scene. So there were custom made seats for them then. Yes, well, exactly. It works on that hidden lever principle. Mm -hmm. So yeah. <laughs> Where did yeah, they so, add the lever? I don't know. 
So. <laughs> no, it, it's really cool. They still actually use that technique today. Um, Sci-Fi's The Magicians um, TV series use still uses some of those old pro, so, those old techniques for levitation. Yeah, yeah. So that was all under their clothes. She said, and of course, the Jolly Holiday supercalifragilisticexpialidocious scene. There were no animals, so she talked about how there were fat Disney executives in short sleeve shirts, um, <laughs> black ties, <laughs> chewing on cigars, dancing around with like cut out penguins. And she said we thought they were mental, but she said Matthew Garber couldn't stop laughing at them. <laughs> so they had to continuously do retakes. Um, of the scene. And she talked about how kind Walt was, Uncle Walt, she called him to her family. Um, he had arranged for them to have a house up in the Hollywood Hills. And on weekends, he'd like fly them down to their, the, the Disney Ranch in Santa Barbara or to Smoke Tree Ranch or to different places like that. Uh, another, another reason they had to do a lot of retakes is because like when they were filming the children's scenes, if Dick Van Dyke was on set, if he was behind the camera, he would do all these hijinks and pratfalls and, um, and it would cause the children to laugh. And then, um, Robert Louis Stevenson, the, um, the, uh, director would get mad at them and she said, well, tell him he's the adult. Tell him to stop. Um, she never met P.L. Travers, but she said she was very pleased. Um, somebody asked her how was um, Julie Andrews, and she, she was very dignified and very proper on camera. And she said then the minute it was a break, she'd just step down and light a cigarette, you know, and ashes here, ashes there. And she just said she had a mouth on her. <laughs> oh, my and, um, gosh. She said that um, Edwin was sweet and silly, and he was quite old when Mary Poppins filmed. And they wanted him to have a stunt double for the tea party scene, and he absolutely refused. And he did all the scenes, all the stunts himself. And he got That's along cool. very well with Dick Van Dyke. He said their humor together, she said, was very blue. And... um she said in filming the gnome mobile, she didn't understand a word Walter Brennan said through the whole thing. <laughs> and um, Thomasina, she loved um, Patrick McGowan. I mean, just absolutely loved him. And um, she did uh, She did meet um, Walt Disney. Um, she met him during the filming of Mary Poppins. She taught, um, he taught her a lot of amazing little bits of psychology that she still um, – does in dealing with people uh she's seeing his office for the first time this thursday and are going to film it and i had a book i was going to have her autograph but didn't um where she has a little quote of memories of walt it was when she first went into his office and she saw his office was way on the other side uh from the door and she says why is why don't you put your um desk closer to the to the door and he said well you know let me tell you something so between you and me, he said, I have it here because he said when those big um, when those big cigar chewing executives who want to ask me for something, by the time they, they walk all the way across the room to come to my desk, they've lost their nerve. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and then she talked about when she's in, in saving um, Mr. Banks, she was at the um, premiere for that, how much she just saw Colin Farrell and like her knees went, you know soft <laughs> and as she said so she's very prim and proper and she is very conservative but she said um when she met colin Farrell, she said for some reason she just reached out and started stroking his hair the back of his head <laughs> and he just like 
stop touching me. And so, and then during the premiere of the film, she sat next to him and she said, oh my gosh, he's going to be just so horrified. And so then during the film, she didn't know like some of the backstory of this. And she realized when she filmed Mary Poppins, she was eight. And then, you know, the P.L. Travers character was about eight when she had a relationship with her father. And in case somebody hasn't seen it, I won't give it away, but it's a very tragic relationship. And then, um, and then she realized, you know, Walt was eight, you know, his father was making him deliver newspapers in the snow. And she realized that one of the reasons Walt was so kind to her and her family was because of the hard life he had as a little eight-year-old and he wanted to make sure her experience working was a lovely experience and she just started crying and she couldn't stop crying and she had no tissue she didn't know what saving mr banks was about and so she could so she goes so she starts nudging colin farrell who (laughs) says stop touching me and she says do you have any loo paper loo paper yeah and he says, um, no, no, but I'll go get you some if you just stop touching me. And she said, um, he came back with all these paper towels and all this tissue paper and all this stuff. She says, so she says she figures she's never going to be invited to another event with him. <laughs> she was just a hoot. She was just a hoot through the whole thing. She still has a hat from Mary Poppins. She donated her coat to the archives that she um, wore and she um, Carol asked her, did she ever go to Disneyland? What was her first trip to Disneyland? Like, well, guess who took her to Disneyland the first time? The ultimate tour guide, Walt Disney, uncle Walt. Oh my gosh. And he took her and her two sisters. She said it was so flipping awesome. Um, They rode the train. They went to club 33 and, um, and, and the Disney company still gives her an annual pass every year. And all that. And she lives um half the year in London and half the year in Malibu. And she shops at the same grocery store in Brentwood as Julie Andrews. So Mary Jo, go start hanging out in Brentwood and I know, right? Yeah, <clears throat> with Julie Andrews and Karen Dotris and all that. So anyway, and then the last the last person I talked with was um C or I saw was C. Andrew Nelson. He's a guy that played Darth Vader you know, more than anyone else. And mm-hmm. he talked about his career. Uh, he started out, the first time he went to Disneyland, he was six years old, didn't know what to expect. And the minute he saw it, he had to know how they did this. And that just sparked his career. And he, um, it, it just sparked him going into theater, becoming an actor, learning um, visual special effects. Um, it was really very interesting. And he got, he got, the part of Darth Vader because he was the right height, basically, and and he could breathe, and he had acting experience because they um he was working in Lucas Arts and they needed someone to do a charity sort of uh, event meet and greet for Big Brothers Big Sisters, and he fit the costume and and all that, and then they just kept calling him back and calling him back. So um his the project that he just finished uh had to do with it was um special uh, effects for World of Color the new version of World of Color and all that so anyway so that was interesting um the vendor floor uh, wasn't as if you weren't really into um comic books and pins there might not have been a lot there for you uh it, it wasn't quite as varied as it was a year before 
Um, anyway, and but otherwise, it was a really good event. Uh, it was definitely worth the price. I mean, it's ten dollars. So even though there were issues with the venue and all that, it was. Um, it was still worth it. Now, there were other events, and it's funny because, you know, it's so hard to know what's going to be popular because the standing room only events were uh, the ones in the smaller rooms where it was, you know, Bill Morrison on the poster art. It was a friend of the Diz, Don Ballard, was there. Um, his was was closed out because it was so popular. Jeff Bam of DoomBuggies.com, he, his... Um, event that and he did it last year as well on the history of the haunted mansion was so popular i mean he could have easily filled the main room i mean all of these people could have because the main room wasn't filled for any of the ones i'm talking about um they uh he offered to do a second um a second showing of it a second presentation just because so many people um couldn't see his so you know, I, I think whoever runs these need to realize that people really want to know more about the legacy mm-hmm. um, kind yeah. of things, you know, and, and all that. And so anyway, so that was it. So um, heart, I heartily recommend folks go to it um, next year and all that in South San Francisco. Same weekend. Going back real quick. Um, did she say that Walt took her to Club 33? You know, she said that, but <laughs> Cub 33 was not, not being the history open. expert, of course. That kind of I know, <laughs> I know. I, I she said that, and I thought, yeah, I don't think so. Okay. You didn't but, call her out, Michael. No, Oops. I know. Excuse me. <laughs> no, it wasn't but open Dave, yet. <laughs> but but Dave, did they maybe have like a VIP? I'm sure they probably had some kind of VIP is, area. He probably took her somewhere, or maybe it was his apartment that he took her to. Took them to. Because it's upstairs, too. She was just a little... I know, if Dave Smith was there, he would have corrected her. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, she said that, and I'm thinking, hmm. Because um, New Orleans Square was, you know, still under construction yet and all that. So I heard anyway. that somewhere. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Uh, any <laughs> other housekeeping? Oh. Yeah. I forgot to talk about something last week that, you know, I went to the the showing of Nightmare Before Christmas at the Hollywood Bowl. Mm-hmm. That, when they do it again next year, I so heartily recommend getting tickets for it. Um, don't do the $35 tickets like we did. You were totally up in the boonies, almost to the entire back of the bowl. Um so we could barely see anything. Um, thank God they have big video screens right. that they present on. But it was an amazing event. Not only did you have a full symphony playing all the music, you watched the movie, but when it came to um, the the songs, what they did was they switched over to the chorus, which contained quite a few wonderful voice actors. Um, as well as, I think one of them was Greg Proust from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh, yeah. Um, was in there. Um, they had Maureen O'Hara, the voice of, um, Sally. They had, of course, my favorite, the voice of Oogie Boogie. (laughs) Oh, he has such a great voice. Oh, my God. He used to, growing up, he used to 
always, not even growing up, but as an adult going to the St. Louis Mini Opera, Ken Page was there every summer in one of the weekly productions. One, maybe even two of the weekly productions. So I was a huge Ken Page fan before that movie came out anyway. Um, They had him. Paul Rubens joined them on stage. He was the voice of Shock. Yeah. And so um, so he joined them for the songs. Um, Danny was amazing. And they would what they would do is they would close up on, you know, they'd run the movie on the on the central screen, which hung above the orchestra. And then on the side screens, you would see. Well, okay, there's four side screens at the Hollywood Bowl. And on two of the side screens, they would show Danny close up as he performed. And he is so theatrical in his performances that it's just so much fun. He really got into it. Um, and then they, they do the movie on the outer two screens as well as that center screen. So you got a nice mix of seeing the performers. Um, it was phenomenal they had trick-or-treat stations where they gave out candy they had plenty of photo ops there was a costume contest on stage when um that was going on when we went to take our seats you know all of course all that really horribly expensive but really tasty hollywood bowl food um (laughs) so it was really a good time and we I heartily recommend taking the buses. You know, we talked about that on the Hollywood Bowl show I did um, when we saw Spamalot the other summer. Um, I think that was one of last year's shows. We did a thing on the Hollywood Bowl. Um, Definitely worth the money. Just so much fun watching all the other folks dress up because they, you know, like I said, they do have a costume contest. Um, my kids were, so, my daughter was so excited. Uh, Zoe went, we, we double dated with another one of the moms and her, and her daughter. So, um, it was really, really fun. Um, Just a quick go back on that, Nancy. Yeah. Uh, you said Maureen O'Hara. Yeah. Even though it's Halloween time, it was Catherine O'Hara. Oh, Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> yeah. I had and a she moment. Just stock. And then, um, I had a was, moment. Yeah. <laughs> I would have It was an O'Hara. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, I was reading an article about that was featuring Maureen O'Hara the other day, and you know what she looks like now, or you know her differences as an elderly person versus herself. In so yeah, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> but that was really fun. Anyway, that was really fun. And then um, today I was off at the Walt Disney Studio. Um, and had a blast. Did, did some shopping. There's some great new merchandise out for Moana. Really, really fun stuff. Um, and the Sumsums are so cute. And some of the Christmas merchandise that we saw previewed at the studio store was amazing. And it looked like the folks who were there for the D23 event were having a good old time. Um and speaking of which, there's another D23 event at the studio, the tree lighting ceremony, which I think is December 7th. Cool. Or something like that. There's, 
information floating around about it. Um, you know, certainly sign up for that if you if you really want to have a fun little time. And they have they'll have a lot of the same kind of events probably that they had going on today. Um, yeah, I did it. I went there last year, and it was a lot of fun with the Christmas yeah. tree lighting. And we went in in the in and the, the theater that. I'm sorry. Oh, and yeah, the theater and then the commissary. The commissary this year will be serving chili, Walt's chili and everything. And they just redid the commissary not very long ago. And it is beautiful now. I've had the opportunity to have lunch there a couple times since it's been redone. And it, oh, I love their commissary. Not to mention, I smell it every time they barbecue. They, they usually barbecue on Tuesdays. And oh my God, it smells amazing. The food there is so good. All right, uh, Mary Jo, do you have anything? Nope. Okay, good. Um, not I, good. Not good. I was gonna say I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to interrupt Mary Jo's right. story about how much fun that event was. But all right. Um, and last but not least, be sure to sign up for the Southwest Dis Meet coming up in February. Head to swdismeet.eventzilla. Look it up on the site. I don't know. Is it .com? <laughs> I think it's .com. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. There is a link in the show notes, and we'll post it again on Facebook. All right, we're 40 Ooh, minutes. I picked up, an, 40 I picked up a new option item, 40 too. minutes in. And, um, yeah, cool. 40 minutes in. I picked up got a pin set. Studio exclusive. 40 a minutes studio in exclusive pin set. 40 oh. minutes in, and haven't got to news yet. Okay. We're having fun. We're talking. Yeah, Mouse con took a long time. Michael had amazing and, stories and, to share so, that we all and, and so we're uploading this show. All right, here we go. <laughs> Time for news. Uh, there is a new attraction coming to Knott's Berry Farm, uh, which to which appears to uh, go in the spot of the ill-fated Windseeker. Uh, Soul Spin, S-O-L, so it's like sun in another language, will bring... <laughs> Whoa. Oh, I just put it together because it's going to be in Fiesta Village. Okay. There you uh, go. Soul Spin will bring brand new hair-raising thrills to Fiesta Village next spring. The ride, which looks crazy, will send brave guests on a topsy-turvy adventure over six stories high as they rotate in all different directions on one of six spinning arms. Yeah, no. Natsa um, also announced plans to renovate the Boardwalk Barbecue. Um, which I think serves pizza right now. I don't know what it serves. Um, the location will, the new location will serve pork, uh, smoked pork ribs, tri-tip rotisserie chicken, plus also have a selection of local and well-known craft beers. They're also building a new covered seating area and a stage for live entertainment. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Cause right now I think they have like three or four just round tables with umbrellas. So that'll be, that'll be nice there. I think that's a big open area right there too, because isn't that by the? Um, isn't there like a that one venue right there that they don't use much? Um, shoot, I don't remember what it's called. But I can't think of the area. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's well, it's the backside of of the the water. The water ride, yes. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> no, it is. It is the backside of the water ride. There were, there's like some, um, some game. There were used to be some games sitting right there. Um, so if you're facing the restaurant, uh, 
X, uh, <laughs> so it's on the other side by Bigfoot Rapids? No. No, 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 what, no. What water ride it's, are you talking about? I'm sorry, the Timberland Mountain Log Ride. Okay, the Log First, Ride. Um, the backside of the Log Ride. Oh, that area. Yeah. By, by, um, what's the one that goes straight up and straight down? Why am I, why is my brain not working right now? The one that starts with X. <laughs> oh, the accelerator. Accelerator. So it's on the, it's near accelerator or near, um, the, the scream, the scream ride. Kind of, kind of in that area. Over on the, on the north side of the park. And the, okay. the, the boardwalk, it's like the boardwalk ballroom or something, right? Yeah, they used to have dancing over yes. there. Yes, okay, so it's right by that. It's between that and the accelerator. Mm -hmm. there's, yeah, there's I think, a, I think a, we, you and I recorded a show there yes, one time. Yes, that, that, that building. So just in front of that, there's a, a barbecue restaurant, quote-unquote barbecue restaurant, and that's what's going to be renovated. Wow, that took too long. Okay, <laughs> to get we to. Need to go. And you yeah, scolded no. me. I know, no, no, just getting to where the heck I was going. Uh, and if that's not enough, Knott's also announced that the Boysenberry Festival next year will be expanded to 23 days. Can't remember how. I think it was, what, a couple <laughs> weeks last year? And that Ghost Town yeah. Alive will be returning next summer. Hashtag day six. All right. Did, did, any, did, any, did you see any of the Ghost Town Alive stuff? I saw bits and pieces, but not... I just saw bits and pieces. I didn't really get over there to do that, nor have I been on... Ghost Rider. And I have an annual pass, so I, I'm actually going on the 19th. Uh, so I'll be doing a bunch okay. of stuff on the I'm 19th. I'm going but... on the 3rd or 4th, so maybe. Um, all right. The 3rd or 4th of December? Yeah. You, you'll be right in the middle of Knott's Merry Farm. Yay! 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 Um, all right. Next news story. We've got to thank Tony for this. Um, there's a new display of pictures at the Grand Californian. Um, there's a new story up on the Diz. You want to head over to that to see the pictures, but they're going to be renovating the rooms. Yes. So, uh, Very exciting. Yeah, so uh, you can't really show pictures on a podcast, so I'll tell you what one of the signs says. Uh, it says, During the coming months, accommodations at Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa will undergo a full renovation to enhance our guests' experience. Custom furnishings and soft goods designed expressly for our premier resort provide a contemporary connection to its original craftsman style elegance. A variety of unique artistic touches in each room will add special personality, introducing subtle Disney elements appropriate to the hotel's overall arts and crafts influence. Each room and suite will delight with warm colors and an airy ambiance while modern amenities offer convenience and entertainment to today's guests. Um, is this the third renovation? I'm assuming there was a renovation since it opened. I thought they had never been renovated. Okay, okay. I don't think they've no, been they renovated. No, they had, because... They had because I used to own one of the armoires yeah. from the big TV. So they went from those giant armoires to the so ones that host my, the, my, flat the flat so, screens. So maybe just minor. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this is the first major renovation. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, but I the love rooms the look looks, the rooms. looks so nice and they look lighter mm -hmm. and more airy. I mean, it, I, I, hopefully, you know, they look as good as the photos they posted. Mm -hmm. 
And hopefully there's a little Mickey Mouse doll on every bed, just like the photos. <laughs> That'd be nice. Right? It'll, it'll, I wonder if there's going to be a kiss. I wonder if there's going to be a kiss goodnight. Oh, you, in there somewhere. You would think there w- I mean, after the. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Um, the Festival of Holidays. 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 Well, along with regular holidays, begin this Thursday. Um, what, you ask, does the Festival of Holidays include? Why, why it includes a loads and loads of entertainment and bushels and bushels of food inspired by cultural holiday traditions from around the world. All right, so do we want to talk about entertainment first or food first? Where is this? What does the chat room say? Uh, this is in California Adventure. Oh, okay. Let's start with the Thanksgiving celebrations they're doing. Oh, we, no, 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 no. We talked <laughs> about that. We talked about that. We talked about that in September. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> all right, let's talk about the food. They say food because we don't all yeah. talk about that food. So the booths are back. The, the booths that um, were used for food and wine um, will be back. And I'm, I'm guessing they're also going to add things to other menus and probably take over. Paradise Garden Grill. All right, so let's let's go through some of these. And again, these are from a, different um, cultures from around the world. So Heritage Cottage will serve braised beef short rib with smashed potatoes and sauerbraten sauce. Weiss, Yum. Weisswurst, so what culture is that? Uh, German? Yeah. Weisswurst sausage and sauerkraut <laughs> with stone ground mustard and pretzel crumble, vanilla rice pudding mm. with apple compote, and cinnamon streusel crunch. And the vice first is typical from the in Munich for the Oktoberfest, so it's interesting that they're going to have it there. And from the booze culture, making spirits bright, wines by the glass and tasting flights, holiday, warm holiday spiced wine, sparkling apple pomegranate juice. Um, mm. Let's see, nosh and nibbles, brisket potato croquette with horseradish creme, spice, a sweet spiced noodle kugel, Ruben potato smash with Russian dressing and rye toast. Okay. Uh, Are we still in Germany? No, no, no. Um, I, I know with the Kugel, that sounds German, right, Michael? Yeah, no, which is weird. Okay, so now we're moving to Asia. Good Fortune's Feast. Adobo pork bao with shaved red onion and crispy garlic chicharron. Okay. We're, we're mixing cultures. Smoked duck and vegetables. I don't even veg- know what that is. <laughs> Smoked duck and vegetables. Ch- Go ahead, chicharron. Is... Chicharrones are, um, it's pig, fried pig skin. Pork rinds. Yeah, or pork rinds. Uh, so this smoke- is Southern Asian. Southern Asian, yes. Yeah. Smoke. Well, and the adobo is typical. Right, adobo I was Filipino because yeah. of the adobo. Okay, so it's broad Asian culture. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, smoked duck and vegetable spring roll with cabbage and sweet plum sauce. Chilled papaya shrimp salad with chili garlic vinaigrette and crispy noodles. And winter pink, I'm sorry, winter mint milk tea. Ooh. Uh, looks like we're heading to India, maybe next. Spice salutations: chicken and potato curry with kef- kefir cream and grilled naan. Uh, carrot and chickpea fritters with coriander almond sauce. Cardamom Ooh. and saffron sweet cheese tart with mulled fruit, and mango lassi. Yeah, I could be butchering some of these, but that's all mango right. lassi is so good if you've never had it before. It's basically a mango yogurt drink. Okay, it's so good. Brews and bites. Locals, uh, back to the, the alcohol 
culture. Uh, Brews and Bites, local, season, local, seasonal, and international beers and tasting flights. Ooh, holiday cheese ball with crackers and pretzels. Woo! Cheese balls! Are we in England? <laughs> yeah, no, maybe. we're in America. Yeah, right. We're in the 1950s, man. Cheese balls. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. That's what my mother always served at parties. <laughs> All right. We're heading to Ikea. Mistletoe morsels. Holiday Swedish meatballs with creamy gravy and lingonberry sauce. Yay! Cla- classic crab cake with lemon tartar sauce. Shrimp cocktail martini with chili sauce and jalapeno olive. Holiday eggnog cocktail with whipped cream and nutmeg dusting. Mary mm. Berry sor- uh, Sherbet Punch. Mary Berry Sherbet Punch. Are you going to say Mary Blair Sherbet Punch? <laughs> I was going to say sorbet. And, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, we're heading to the Southwest, I think. South- Southern Home Holidays. Oh, no. Not Southwest. Southeast. Grilled spicy chicken sausage with red beans and rice. Southern mm. mac and cheese with jalapeno cornbread crumble. Sweet potato pie with candied pecans. Cranberry sweet tea. Ooh, topped with, oh god. Topped with berry foam. Ah, <laughs> man. Alright, I'm not foam. sure. Foam. Okay, this one looks <laughs> like kind of a mix of things. Winter slider land. Roasted turkey. <laughs> Is that over in California Adventure yes. where Olaf does yes. meet and greets? Uh, <laughs> roasted turkey slider with cranberry sauce and gravy. Kahlua pork slider with pineapple jam and cider slaw. Ooh, here we go. Praline and bourbon whoopie pie. And a oh, sp- sm- and a sparkling, sparkling apple cranberry juice. Uh, oh, we're heading down south of the border. Fiesta in Familia. Green chili pozole with vegetables, red chili pozole mm. with pork, uh, fresh what fish. What's pozole? Mary jo, pozole is a spicy pork soup. Oh, um, it's really good. It's a, like a red chili uh, pork. I think there's hominy in it, if I remember correctly. Um, it's really good. Okay. Uh, fresh fish ceviche with chili lime tortilla chips and guava agua fresca. Wava mm-hmm. Okay, this one looks. I I don't know. This one looks like this. Too much stuff. We got Yuletide yummies, mini turkey pot pie with cranberry drizzle, pesto puff, pesto puff pastry trip. Well, let me start that one again. Pesto puff pastry twist, gingerbread bunt cake with orange vanilla sauce, mm. eggnog cheesecake with spiced whipped cream, mocha yule log with candied chestnuts. Raspberry Linzer Tart, Sticky Toffee Ooh. Pudding with Brandied Cream, Frozen Chocolate Milk with Whipped Cream and Sprinkles, and Pumpkin Spiced pumpkin spiced Chocolate with House-Made Cinnamon Marshmallows. Oh, that sounds good. All right. Uh, let's see where we're we heading next. Back to... Uh, okay. Mosaic now, Delights. Now, are all of these all the time, or are these going to be rotating, or... No, these are. This is all the time. All, yeah. see, I like this. There's mm-hmm. so much that they're really, they're really. Ca- that was the first thing when you kept going and you kept going. I'm like, they're really catering. I still got. I guess I guess still got three more. I know. I still got this three is more. Almost, this is as long as MouseCon. Mm-hmm. Keep going, Tom. I know. I know right? <laughs> <laughs> Mosaic delights: roasted lamb with masala spiced basmati rice and poached raisins. Ooh. Mini falafel donuts with pickled vegetables and tahini drizzle. Baklava with walnuts, pistachios, and honey. 
and Mm -hmm. iced Morocco mint tea. And south of the border again, Abuelita's Kitchen. Chicken cilantro tamale with roasted tomatillo salsa verde. Beef and cheese tamale with red chili sauce. Uh, Chorizo bean sopes with cotija cheese and fresh crema. Spiced peanut brittle, ooh. And pomegranate margarita. All of that sounds good. I he bet, did so good. I at bet that's good. That, all of that. That sounds like that sounds like what they would serve at um, Paradise Garden Grill. Yes. It does. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's probably although they've good. taken it up a notch. Yeah. Heck and yeah. finally, treats for Santa from the North Pole culture: Mickey snowman cooking decorating kit, Harvest puff pastry, classic pa- uh, pan- panettone. Peppermint bark, pumpkin seed brittle, walnut fudge, warm bourbon cider, ooh, warm bourbon cider, white chocolate, with, <laughs> white hot chocolate with house-made peppermint marshmallows, and holiday fruit punch. Well, no wonder the man's so fat. Is that right? all they eat up there? <laughs> Candy canes. <clears throat> all right, so that is a lot of food. I'm going to try to hit some of that Thursday and Friday. Holy crap, a rolly. Yeah. yeah. I was about to, have to start rating them. That, that, I mean, no. that seems like more than the food and Ever. wine. Yeah, more than food and wine. So that's why I'm thinking some of this is they're taking over Garden Grill or they're taking over Bordeaux Pizza and Pasta or something to, or maybe some of the Pacific Wharf or, yeah, I don't know. Or I wonder they, if they're adding, you know how they did with the first time they did food and wine, they added some of them into the... Yeah. Existing yeah. counter service. Yeah. Uh, there's 14 booths. Do we know how many booths were um, there the last time? No, but like it doesn't oh, seem like okay. there were 14. Chat, Dina yeah. from the chat in the chat room says there were eight the last time and the 14 for this. So yeah, there's gonna be a ton more. Wow. Good. I hope that means food and wine are going to have a lot more. Be able to eat all of this. All right. Uh, well, I think they. Like how, I said, how repeats. popular it is. <laughs> All right, and it's going to be great for repeat people. Yeah, I mean, and then there is entertainment all over the place. Uh, special entertainment. Um, some of it's going to be Rome in the parks. Uh, they're going to have a couple different groups each night at the Paradise um, Paradise Garden stage. Uh, some of the special uh, entertainment is the Blue Thirteen Dance Company. Turn up the fun with traditional Indian dances that build to a Bollywood party. Yes. Woohoo! Do you, do you think they they've come over from Animal Kingdom and at the the Jungle Book mm. extravaganza they did Good on the guess. river there? Uh, <laughs> mostly kosher, which is a Klims, Klism, klezmer band that showcases an entertainment and entertaining and eclectic mu- musical trap. Oh my God. Got to go back to that south of the border. Musical <laughs> tapestry weaving together Latin, jazz, rock, and hip hop. Huh. Um, Ray, nice. Rays, which is an acapella R and B vocal group that uh, puts a new spin on holiday uh, holiday songs. Um, holiday toy drummers, so we know where the tin soldiers, the or the um, army green army men are going. These are mischievous drummers that march to their own beat, performing precision drills with holiday cheer. So that's that's going to be. I'm sure that'll be like the the Green Army Man Stilt Circus. 
strolling performers that add whimsy to the festival. So that won't be on the stage, hopefully, because that would they bump their heads. And then, of course, the mariachi divas will be performing. Yay. Um, and we all know Yay. them. And mm-hmm. then, of course, Viva Navidad is back. Yay. Uh, so that's ever, that'll be several times a day there in front of the Paradise Garden stage. And debuting during the Festival of Holidays is Princess Elena's musical Grand Arrival. Bum, 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 bum. Elena of Aval- Avalor will make her Disneyland Resort debut with her royal dancers and magical friend Skylar during a musical cavalcade. Magical friend. Is that what she calls him, mm-hmm, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that hey, the Disney she's term? Got fly- she's yes. got flying creatures in her kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that doesn't make it better. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's the news. Time for rapid fire. I'm tired of talking, so let's have Mary Jo go first. Well, I've got one that's going to affect a lot of us. Oh yeah, and um, I'm glad because this is kind of newsish too. So yes, go for it. Yeah. Well, um, according to the OC register, the Disney is going to be moving the security checkpoint from where it currently is on the west side to include downtown Disney. So this is big. What they're talking about is they're going to be putting one of the security checkpoints um, over where the where you get off the trams. They're going to put one over. No, well, yeah, th- no, not where you get off the trams. Where you, before you even get on the tram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that right out of I'm the garage? I'm sorry, I said it, it. I said it backwards. Where where you get on the tram? So before yes. you get on the trams, you're going to be going through security checkpoint, yes, like at the, at the so that friends. when you get off yeah. the trams, you'll already have gone through it. Yes. Thank you, Tom, for correcting me. They're talking about putting one in between the ESPN zone and the Rainforest Cafe when you first enter downtown Disney from the parking lot, and they're talking about putting one from where the um, Disneyland. Paradise Pier entrances. I don't know how where they're going to do that, so especially between, with the ice skating rink and everything. Yeah, I know. But between they're ESPN about, and and Earl of Sandwich there. And Earl of Sandwich. So maybe the ice skating rink. Oh, go I, ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt, but are they? Because when I read this, I was wondering, are they going to have one um, at the Grand Californian they entrance into downtown okay. Disney? Somebody on the Disport and the Disneyland forum, they've been discussing this, and somebody said that they went there this weekend and they asked Boots on the Ground, and they said yes, that there will be one from the Grand, <clears throat> excuse me, Grand California entrance into downtown Disney. Okay. And then some people who stay at the Grand Californian store, uh, Grand California Hotel, know that there is a an exit from the Grand Californian that's that ends up over kind of by La Brea Bakery. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't go back into the hotel, but you can egress. They're thinking that the hotel is going to make that into emergency only yeah. to to uh, keep people from going into downtown Disney from the hotel without going through security. So this yeah. is the speculation that's going on on the boards. But um, what it's going to do is free up that whole that whole area so that. When you come in, even from Harbor, you don't have to go through security twice, you know, when you go back and forth. This way you can enjoy downtown Disney without having to worry about going through those security <laughs> checks. There, there have been times I've wanted to go through downtown Disney, but I didn't want to deal with security, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, when I was in, in one of the parks. So I just said, forget it. So and I, I like this. That. 
I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Michael. Well, no, I, and that was the next thing I was going to say. Hopefully, now that they're spreading <coughs> out security, we're not going to see those enormous lines, you know, that we did yeah. on that side. So this also oh, yeah. means the end of the security point there at the monorail station, too. That is correct. Yeah, because yeah, that would be need one there anymore. Yeah. So it's just going. I think it's going to really <coughs> open up downtown Disney. I don't know what it's going to do for the for the West End by the hotel. Uh, or what they're what kind but of a security check that they're going to have if they're going to install, you know, metal detectors all the way across or what. But um, this they the plan is to have this done by the end of the year. So that's going to be a big thing, especially if they say be, by the end of the year. I'm hoping before the last two weeks of the year when it's going to be so busy. Yeah. So, and then the to... checkpoint on the east side, not, nothing, that's not going to move for now. That's going to stay as is. And I'm sure once they build that pedestrian walkway, that's when they'll, when they'll address the east side. And I'm sorry, yeah. Tom, what were you going to say? Um, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> now, what about um, rental strollers and wheelchairs and ecvs Ooh, are good folks, question folks going to be able to take those into downtown disney now well that's a really good question because oh man what a hassle for the cast members because a lot of times people just leave them at the security uh-huh. checkpoints instead of taking taking them back like they're supposed to but um well then they don't I, get their deposit back if they do that oh i'm thinking strollers but you're right oh strollers well, yeah. still they don't get their deposit back yeah <laughs> Yeah, you get a deposit with everything. So they so they have controls in, and I would that would just make it so much more convenient for people to patronize the shops and the restaurants in downtown Disney. Then, guy, yeah. that would be so nice. It will be, and you know, the funny thing is, the last time Carol and I were there, and we were thinking, um, you know, something could happen here. We were surprised that they haven't put in more security i mean we know there's security we don't see but just as there is in disney springs but um so you know i i guess this this i'm surprised it's taken this long Mm -hmm. for uh, security checkpoints in downtown disney also depending on the amount of of lanes or whatever it might make it nice for the for the guests that are staying on property because they'll you know the They'll People be within the, the security bubble. Well, no, 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 no. But they'll have their own line basically in the morning because yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're so it won't be for, as long. Yeah, it won't be as long of a wait. They're, like I said, depending yeah. on how many lanes. But yeah, so so it might be more of a perk than to stay in the hotels. I can't imagine though the lines coming off of they've, the they're going to have off the tra- of off off the escalators. In that area, that's that's not that big of an area, really. It's yeah. Well, and it would have to be after the cross. It would have to be after the crosswalks, I think, because I can't see them uh, making you go through security before you go out into the Pinocchio parking lot and to the down and to Mm. the Disneyland Hotel, because you have those security lines that you're gonna be going to. Where are they gonna put it then? I would think after the crosswalk. There's um, no I, well, it'll have to be just right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can can they funnel them over to the tram area? Could they put up barriers and 
redo the walkway? I don't know that area at all, so I'm just speculating. It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be a learning curve. Yep. All right, I will go next. Um, we talk, I talked a couple weeks ago about the Knott's Berry Farm military discount uh, that is in <clears> place um, in November, December. And I alluded to the other discount, which is the law enforcement, fire and law enforcement discount. And Knott's has at, um, announced that. So every year they do this. All full-time fire and law enforcement can receive free admission. Yay. For themselves and one guest. Uh, dates for this promotion are November 28th through December 16th and January 8th through the 31st. So all of, almost all of January. Um, you can also get six discounted tickets, uh, $32 each for the first period, which is November through December, and $27 each, which is a good deal, uh, January 8th through the 31st. The promotion is open to a wide variety of public servants, including but not limited to uh, police and fire, of course, EMTs, ATF agents, bailiffs, uh, California, California Department of Forestry, California Highway Patrol, uh, correctional officers, sheriff's officers, FBI agents, Homeland Security, Secret Service, TSA, FEMA, and U.S. Marshals. Wow. Yeah. So, and again, the military one is already in place. Check, uh, checknots.com and, and, um, or listen to the previous episode where we talked about that, but it's a great promotion. Um, my buddy and I, I think we're going to take advantage of the, the military one that's coming up. So. Uh, again, military, it's the same deal you get it, you and a guest get in free. So very cool for knots. Uh, Nancy. Okay. Well, my daughter's 10th birthday party is, uh, coming up really soon. So I had the pleasure of having to peruse all of the options at Great Wolf Lodge because that's what she wants to do for double digits. So. I found out something really interesting. Um, Great Wolf Lodge wants you to stay there as opposed to staying on property. And if you do, um, if you book any two through four night stays at Great Wolf Lodge, not only do you have free water park passes for all the registered guests in the room from 1 p.m. to of uh, the day you check in to um, end of water park day the day you check out you get disneyland for two free disneyland park tickets um and the ticket you receive is based on the number of nights you've booked at great wolf lodge so if you're staying two nights at great wolf lodge they'll give you two one day adult disneyland tickets um if you are staying three nights it's a two day and if you're staying three four nights it's a three day disneyland park ticket are these park hopper or just one park one day um adult tickets to the disneyland resort hang on two seconds and i'll tell you if it's a hopper um it just says disneyland resort tickets so I am assuming that maybe these are actually park hoppers. And then you can also purchase additional resort tickets um, beginning at $93 for single day tickets and $99 for age t- um, 10 plus. 
98 Okay, so they're giving so you a discount tickets. on those additional tickets too then. Yes. So that was super interesting. Um, now, how do room rates compare with the resort, Disneyland Resort Hotel? They compare with... Um, they compare with either the Disneyland Hotel, probably Disneyland Hotel rates, okay, to Grand Californian rates, somewhere in between. One of the things they tout is that their hotel is all suites. Hmm. So there are definitely larger rooms. They have, you know, refrigerator, microwave, and stuff like that in every single room. Um and oh, the on um, the three night ones. Uh, oh, okay, you can buy up to. Um. Oh heck! Wow, this is interesting. So you can also get um Michael to go back to your question. The the page just loaded. You even get the morning the magic morning tickets. My goodness. For the yeah, for the three, four, and five day. And the uh, and actually the uh, prices go down. The five day is fifty nine dollars a day for the the ticket. So yes, so you can even get the Magic Morning tickets. So anyway, um, back to that. But um, anyway, um, I was looking at January for Great Wolf Lodge. And they were um, pricing around 300 and something, um, 350, I believe. Now, they're offering a lot of specials, though. Um, they have seasonal packages for the holidays now. Um, they have, oh, they also, th what's interesting about Great Wolf Lodge is they're a weird mix between, like, the Legoland Hotel that we've talked about that has, like, themed um kids suites with like them and their bunk beds in one room while you're in in another larger room um they have oh my gosh not only do they have the pool thing they have a movie theater they have um which is like a 4d movie theater they have something that's akin to like the um the the sorcerer's quest the Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom quest for their hotel resort. They have just like a Build-A-Bear sort of thing inside. They have storytelling, kind of like the Grand Californian does. They, they have, have kids, this, they kids, have that. Kids spa? Yes, they have a kids spa with, and everything is ice cream themed. So all the fragrances of everything they have is all ice cream flavors. Um, they are actually doing something called Snowland from uh, November 26th to January 1st. Lights, gingerbread houses, normal snowflakes. They've even taken some of their sweets and they've changed all the bedding out for Christmas. You know, to have, and they call them Snowland Suites. If you book over 60 days, at least 60 days in advance, you can save up to $50 on a room rate. If you join their website and become a member, you can um, have 25% off the best available rates. I mean, there's lots and lots and lots. They have like seven restaurant-y things in their thing going they back, also going back, offer real quick, real quick going back to the build-a-bear thing you talked about yeah um 
the it's not just build a bear. The yeah. bears also interact with stations around the resort, but different. Oh ones. my goodness! But there there are yeah. there are stations that use the magic wands that you can purchase, but there are different stations yep. that use the build a bears. Or, I'm sorry, and that's really I'm cool sure build a bears trademark, but the bears, yeah. Oh, active and active and retired military or active military. Um, thirty save thirty percent. Present your ID at check in. Um, oh my gosh, just the stuff. Their adult dining. You know what kind of constitutes a quote unquote adult dining restaurant has some pretty amazing looking stuff too. You can buy tons and tons of different add-ons which may i may just have to talk about in a different rapid fire because there's so freaking many things you can do um to add on to your stay you can even um just rent water parks rent the you know do like a birthday party at the park at their water park so really i thought the water park yes. was just for hotel guests if only if you bur- you book a birthday Sorry, party okay. and it's minimum 10 guests maximum 20 guests okay and it's 75 dollars a person Eek. okay so that kind of limits it <coughs> nice so you're you're not being overwhelmed and they only do a certain <coughs> amount of birthday parties okay so you're still not being overwhelmed by other people there is so much more to great wolf lodge than i ever even thought about very cool and the and the add-on pricing options are so much more than i even thought yeah. about so <laughs> so this is definitely something we can peruse in another show and certainly maybe after we do our little birthday weekend i'll probably talk about it on the show and and see but but yeah and one of the things i was really impressed with was they worked to find me a discount code that would work with what we wanted to do. Wow. That's nice. I was very impressed by their, their um, guest services on the phone. They were amazing. And we actually booked one of their larger premium suites where we could sleep eight people in one room. They have two different types of premium suites. Um, One is besides having accessible versions of everything they have, um, they have one suite where say the parents can have their own room and bathroom. And then there's two queen beds and a full out, pull out sofa in the other half of the room that has its own bathroom. So you can shove all of the kids out there. You can have, cause that's what we're going to end up doing is having a birthday party and Lily's going to get to invite four friends. To oh, take. nice. And so they can all have their sleep, noisy sleepover in one room, and we can say, shut up from the other room with our king size bed. The other <laughs> suite is designed a little more like D- a DVC suite where you've got one king size, the two queens in another room, and then the pull out sofa in the third area. So we decided and eh, let the kids stay all together. And that actually saved us money um, by, by taking a grand bear versus a grizzly bear suite. <laughs> so it was really kind of, it, it, it was nice to know that they had different layout options yeah. like that. Plus, like I said, they have those rooms like the Legoland rooms where you've got the bunk beds cool. as a kind of a mid range. So 
so yeah, so this looks like a really interesting kind of weird thing. So since I went and actually booked her birthday party a few months ahead of time for the first time, hmm. <laughs> she's gotten the short shrift of, of birthday parties. So double digits were going all out for this one. Right, cool. So yeah, continued. so I thought you guys would like to. I thought you guys would like to hear about all of the really amazing things that I like found out about. So there we go. Thank you. Uh, Michael. Oh, well, I have a couple. One is, you know, at the Disneyana um, shop there on Main Street. And um, they, they have the artists who do the hand-painted ink and um, paint cells. Normally, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to them. But I thought folks might be interested in the one that debuted November 4th at the Disneyland Resort. Because it is very unique to our park. So even if they try to pawn this off at well, Disney World, this is ours. And what it is, it's called Maleficent's Fury. And so it's Maleficent in her form as a fire-breathing dragon, you know, fresh out of Rivers of America. Not like that lame live-action film where she didn't, she wasn't even the one that transformed into the dragon. But and I digress. Uh, anyway, this is where um, she's climbing the, the spires of Sleeping Beauty um, Castle, and it's called Mag- Maleficent's Fury. It, it is very cool. So if you're a fan of Sleeping Beauty or uh, Fantasmic or anything like that, this is something you might be interested in. It is uh, limited to an edition size of 300. There's, of course, all kinds of ways you can purchase this. You know, unframed $150, framed. 240 and you know how expensive it is to get things framed I, I would go for the frame um you can get it framed with a pin and that's 270 framed with a postcard and pinned is 280 dollars and the oh the the one with the pin is is limited to i think 250 um items so uh, if you can't visit the resort they do have you can purchase some online they have a limited number available online. We'll have a link to that in our show notes. And coming up in um, in January uh, for Northern Californianers in the Sacramento Valley is SAC Anime. It's January 6th through the 8th at the Sacramento Convention Center at the Sheraton Grand Sacramento. And I just learned about this at MouseCon today. And, well, first off, you're in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. This is the event for you. But the reason I bring it up is because uh, they're going to have a Beauty and the Beast reunion. They're going to have the voice of Belle, Paige O'Hara, the voice of Beast, Robbie Benson, and the voice of Gaston, Richard White, um, will all be there. So you may be interested in this. They have a whole bunch of this is huge you have a whole ton of other stuff going on of shows and cartoons i have never heard of so um so Mm. we will have a link in our show notes if you want to find out more about this i think advanced tickets for all three days uh is available now but they go up um shortly but it's for three days is 36 dollars if you pre-register so you want which which seems uh pretty reasonable so you want to um check that out we like i said we'll have a link in our show notes at sac anime january 6th to the 8th at the sacramento convention center i have a feeling i have a feeling rhino is going to move into your uh, spare bedroom for a while (laughs) i know did you see a photo of him and his yes he looks yes so awesome cosplaying yeah he actually looked good in that 
He looks so good. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Michael. That is Rapid Fire, and that's the show. For those of you listening live, be sure to stick around. We'll talk about science and Pixar and all that kind of stuff. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Diz Unplugged podcasts this week. And, of course, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.